Hi guys, and welcome to today's podcast. I am joined by the legend himself, Mr. Peter Van de Graaff, um, who many of you, if you've watched any presentations I've done in recent years, this guy knee, this guy's name keeps cropping up, um, and he's a guy that uh, I've known for a number of years, and uh, you know he's got some great stories. Um, experienced in the industry and even people I, I bump into when I'm out and about, you know, people are always going, ah, oh, Peter Van de Graaff, this guy came here, you know, years ago. So Peter was out doing all the speaking gigs and all of that stuff while we were all trying to figure out what SEO was um, back in the day. And uh, yeah, so welcome, Peter. It is a pleasure to have you on. I'm not bumming you up anymore, though. Um that's enough compliments from me for one day. Thank you. What an introduction. Wow. Now, um, I have been around for quite some time, and that does make me feel like a dinosaur with this introduction, especially because <laughs> I've been doing this for 24 years, I believe. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a dinosaur in the days when there was no Google, Alta Vista, like on Hotbot. Woohoo! Those, <laughs> Those were the days when it was yeah. just a technical trick. And then it evolved. But uh, no, I, I love being in your show. I love watching your show as well. And I uh, hope to uh, yeah, start joining in the chats uh, from now on a couple of times. Yeah, so no, you should definitely do it. There's always interesting characters. And uh, I know um, even though you've been in this game 24 years, you still are looking for new people, new material, new tricks. That's inspiration, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah. Looking, you're one of the people that inspire me, and I keep, yeah, wanting new people to enter my domain, and that can inspire me. For instance, for you, I discovered Holly, and Holly is some something where I, I said, okay, that interview with her, it inspired me. Okay, I've done this by faking uh, fake telephones, and she does it with real telephones. What is yeah. the difference? Why should I start doing that as well? So. Your uh, podcast inspires me, me as well. I love it. That's that's what we want, but what we need is inspiration from a trickster like you. So today we're going to try and unravel some of the crazy stuff because I think it's boring when we talk about, um, you know, title tags or, or you know, on-page or, you know, Definitely. technical audits. You know, everyone's talking about it, and I'm not saying that these things are not important but for sheer enjoyment that's why i love sharing a beer with you and just hearing the the bending the rules slightly if, if you like or just snapping the rules um in some cases with some of the stories we've heard and you know i think we want to talk about some of that stuff so one of the one of my favorite stories of yours peter as i have told you a million times and I have stolen it and uh, repurposed it in recent times at a few of my recent conferences. Um, not stolen it in the point where I've made out like it's me. I've always said this is uh, Peter's story, but I, I love the John Bukaki story. Um, and I think everywhere I go, people are just like, fuck. Um, you know, that is just crazy creative. Okay. And let me then give it the right context because you're always putting it all out of context and some of the things that I've heard you repeat weren't totally right. Yeah, so, so let's get the real John Bukaki yeah. story first. Let, let me introduce the real John Bukaki story. And the, the greatest part about the John Bukaki story is the follow-up. 
because so I, I've been doing link building for yeah for when Google introduced links as a uh, as a means of uh, determining ranking, and I study psychology, so that's the background where I started. So before that, SEO was technical, and now it became something that I was good at. <laughs> it became social, and the main thing was I started out in porn poker pills, moved on to finance, travel, telecom, then to e-commerce and all the other industries that took SEO in. But the first industries are still the most fun. Porn poker and pills are the guys that do the stuff that everybody wants to do, but nobody dares to because they think they have so much hanging on the line, things like that. So I got this client and I normally, yeah, I was already working for uh, banks, uh, financial institutes. And there was this guy that was still doing porn and he had a Bukaki website. I had, yeah, so I had heard about the, the keywords, what it was. So I hope you, yeah, you uh, followers uh, don't know the word, what it is, but it's a, it is a Japanese fetish uh, of mass ejaculation. And uh, this guy wants to rank for this Japanese fetish. And I said, ah, I've done porn link building in the past. I can do it. No problem. So me with my bragging mouth, I uh, tried to figure out, can I get links? I had a lot of money. I had 20,000 euros uh, available. And I think, let's, let's buy some links. Let's try to get as many links as possible for 20,000 euros. And yeah, after contacting like 150 websites that normally place anything, they all said, yeah, we normally do everything, Pete, but not for Bukaki. Bukaki is dirty and we don't want to be associated with it. So I had to go back to the clients saying, okay, uh, I didn't succeed. And the good thing was this client, I didn't talk to him because he was on a holiday. And I thought, okay, let's try something. So I created a website of this fake professor called John Bukaki of the University of Calcutta, India. And he was a professor in the uh, field of facial dermatology, uh, where facial is one of the most important re relevant keywords uh, in the eyes of Google, or that's what he told me. So <laughs> if you're relevant to facial, then you're definitely the Bukaki king. <laughs> and this John, um, we re created a website, cr recreated the look and feel of the University of Calcutta, um, and we added some so PDFs from other, other existing research on facial dermatology, on eczema, and on uh, acne, and things like that. We uh, downloaded the PDFs, changed one, of, changed one of the authors into John Bukaki, and republished them. And even got them republished in medical journals and other things. So we uh, promoted John as this new great find, who was probably already a professor, but uh, yeah, just didn't get published online that much yet. And we got him published in medical journals. We got him into Wikipedia. So in the history of Wikipedia, you still have there, there's a, uh, yeah, a John Bukeki uh, page. It has been removed so far, but, uh, so we, we really created this professor's life. And we got all these links related to Bukaki, facials, John. John Thompson is the most important relevance factor because John Thompson is a producer of this material. We got all this great link value. And yeah, so we got the link value. And now, why would you create a separate website when you want the links to Bukaki Web or whatever the client was? Uh, um, so what we did, 
we plans. Uh, so I, so I communicate with the client. Okay, what do you want to do? We can kill the website. You might lose some of the links, but anybody not paying attention will leave the link on as long for as long as possible. But we'll redirect all the link value as being a migration, a website migration. We've migrated or we've merged the two companies, and now Bukaki Web and John Bukaki are one. So mm. you would rank like John Bukaki would would ever rank, and we were ranking like number two for the, the word Bukaki with a professor. <laughs> So it was still live. The real website was live. Um, but then I thought, okay, let's do a cloaked 301 redirect. Let's still give the regular visitors the Jumbukaki website mm -hmm. and show Google a 301 redirect. Make sure you block all the um, tools like Majestic and uh, yeah, there wasn't any Majestic back, th back then, but uh, a lot of tools like it were, were starting. Mm -hmm. and let's block all the tools so nobody can research what's, what we've been doing, uh, especially through the Bukaki web website. Let's block them all. And let's give all the link value to the, the Bukaki web website. And we did it. The, the, the next week, it took over all the ranking from John Bukaki, and it ranked like hell. But that's not the entire story. Mm -hmm. Because the story starts becoming more fun because, yeah, me sharing this to, in in your uh, in yeah in in, in your uh, cast your podcast is probably not a good idea because sharing is not a good thing. I shared the John Bukaki story earlier, and I shared it in pole position marketing, that, which was a yeah an agency which did a yearly best uh, SEO stories of the year thing, mm -hmm. and I shared it there, and the client even allowed me to share it there. Because he said, yeah, I don't have any, uh, yeah, I'm not using the Jumbo Keki anymore. I, I sold all my assets in, in this industry. And I shared it. And yeah, there were all these white head guys that started outing Jumbo Keki as, as a phony in the medical journals. So he was removed from all the medical journals. In Wikipedia, the Wikipedia page was removed. So he, all these things got removed. I was like, okay, what, what's, what's happening here? And, um, yeah, the problem is we lost a lot of link value that day, but we yeah. gained even more. At the moment, if you look at the link profile from johnbukaki.com, you get more links from the search industry that we, than we ever, ever had from the medical industry or from all these things that we uh, yeah, intentionally uh, built Jumbukaki for. So <laughs> it now it gives more link value than it ever did. And uh, yeah. Maybe I should share more stories in the search industry to, just to get links. Exactly. That's exactly what it's all about, sharing stories and getting links. But uh, I think for that particular story, um, you know, one, it's funny. Two, it's creative as hell. And obviously there's trickery behind it where, you know, you're showing Googlebot one thing and you're showing, uh, you know, people another thing. And I think that's where it shows how crazy or how creative, you know, the SEO industry really is. And obviously you were doing that, I think it was like 2006 or 2008. And, you know, that's the level that, you know, people are doing, you know, that level of trickery even back then. And, you know, and I, I, I think, you know, with the greatest respect in the world, it's mind-blowing just the, the creativity and the thought and, and everything else that goes behind it. And, uh, but 
the, the, the one thing I would add is that is why, as speakers, you need to be very, very, very careful on what you say live to the public because there is these people who will go and break stuff. It was actually, I had a guy on here, um, you know, a couple of months ago, and we were talking about he had the, no the knowledge panel and Wikipedia and stuff like that. So I started to ask him about his Wikipedia page and how he went about getting it because <clears throat> I tried to get one and I stupidly um, posted an ad about four years ago on Upwork saying, hey, guys, who can make me a Wikipedia page? Now, um, when my page was about to go live, and it was actually Paul who was doing my page for me, um, and the editor said, like, this guy's doing this for commercial reasons. And uh, Paul's like, no, 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 definitely not. And uh, they eventually pulled up this Upwork ad that I had done and said, he clearly is doing it for commercial reasons. Here's the ad. That page is not going live, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, ask this other guy. <coughs> you know, I said, I've had a problem with Wikipedia. I'm probably never going to get one because I opened my big mouth on Upwork, blah, 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 blah. And the guy said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not noteworthy enough. I am. Um, you know, I can get Wikipedia, blah, 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 blah. And he was kind of boastful, but he was just messing around. He's a nice guy. The next day, his Wikipedia page gets cut. So, <laughs> um, so you even, even with something as stupid as having a Wikipedia page, being boastful about it, um, as, you know, it can lead to other people reporting it or, you know, um, you know, causing problems for it, and I think that's that's something we face. So, I even have a, a, a proposition that I've used in the past. As a, as a conference speaker, you also have benefits, mm -hmm. especially if your, for instance, your competitor is benefiting from something something that is clearly wrong, but they're getting away with it. As long mm -hmm. as not enough people abuse the same trick, Google doesn't fix it. Mm -hmm. So if there's a loophole or, or there's a trick or there's a crappy bunch of link value uh, sources, like, for instance, sponsoring open source software, if you want to break it, have it abused. So yeah. that's why I still speak at SE uh, SEO conferences or conferences that are about uh, that are uh, visited by casinos, online casinos. Mm -hmm. These guys, if you give them a tip, they start abusing it. They're not using it for a small um, amount of, of link value and keeping it within the realms of natural behavior. No, they're overtly abusing certain stuff that you share. So if you share something with online casinos and it's something that your com competitor is benefiting from, then you might even break it because when there's all these, uh, for instance, I did it with uh, all these uh, open source uh, software sponsoring uh, pages. Mm -hmm. And now there's all these coupon code guys, there's these casinos, there's these porn guys. They're all started sponsoring the thousand year friends partnership uh, thing that uh, that is offered, and then it stopped working. So uh, it does work to share to share things, guys. Yeah, yeah. Sharing sure. is caring. <laughs> but one question I've got for you, Peter. Obviously, you you speak at conferences and you deliver. You know, you've got to deliver an element of good stuff in order to stand out from the crowd. But you see so many conference speakers now. How out of date do you think, like in 2020, if you were to go to a conference, how far out of date is the information that you think has been regurgitated to us? Because 
you know. Okay, what what are the problems? Is most of the conf these conference speakers are either full time conference speakers, which how do how do they keep up to date with their knowledge? Mm -hmm. If you're a full time conference speaker, you need your get your hands dirty, and really uh, do the do the work yourself. Maybe that's even your problem for for bits because yeah, how do you do all these work? While you still blog and uh, vlog and podcast and wow, where did you where did you get the time? Do you ever sleep, Craig? <laughs> um, it's about working smart. To be honest, I get asked that all the time. People are like, "You're everywhere." I record, you know, probably four podcasts, five podcasts in a day, and they uh, release them over the course of a month. Um, but for me, you know, I stopped running an agency um, previously because I thought my skills and knowledge were deteriorating uh, and I didn't have enough time to play games and stuff like that um, and yeah so I think it depends on what you do and stuff like that and, and you know working smart and and also who you surround yourself with as well you know I think I surround myself with a lot of the right people to try and keep my knowledge sharp as well so um, it's just about trying to find that right balance but yeah of course I'm not uh, you know balls deep in the the work as such you know i get other people to do the the grunt work if you like but yep. uh, well, you i maintain a network of guys that really know how to test stuff or how yeah. to try with yeah for instance so, with fake tele with telephones in your backpack how to really <laughs> test stuff yeah and that really comes down to knowing what then is broken or what then the system the under underlying working of the system is and then I figure out, okay, how can I abuse it? Uh, but I don't do the abusing it myself. I have a, a large clientele of banks and uh, respected clients, let's call it that. But I also <laughs> maintain a network of guys willing to test everything, doing everything I tell them to do. And they do the, the, the runt work. So, But I do yeah. take as well. That's <laughs> just a handful of my phones. So I think also what is really important is don't just watch people do things actually test it yourself as well yeah, going back to your earlier question it's all these conference speakers that don't do their own run work anymore they don't uh take a network where uh, yeah they work at an agency and they're the promotional uh they do the promotional work for that agency yeah or they're a, a, a full-time conference speaker and you cannot be a full-time conference speaker and still keep your knowledge up to date still doing the runt work yourself and uh, making sure you know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's regurgitating what Google is saying. That's easy. And it's and it's safe because <laughs> if you share something that Google is saying, yeah, it's probably the truth. Or if it's not, you can always blame Google. Well, is it the truth? That is the big thing. Um, but what I was going to move on to next with yourself, I think we met a few years ago um, at the SMX uh Milan event um and your topic of of the day that particular day was can you believe what you read in the internet you know can you believe what google say can you believe what anyone says um on there and i think for me that topic again was was although i kind of already knew that there was a lot of bullshit in the industry that really I didn't did. know the skill yeah um so that was what triggered it for me in my head i'm like this talk um you know which we'll let you tell a bit more about it in a minute um 
But for me, it just said, you know what, you cannot trust anyone out there with anything. You know, obviously you were doing it, you know, from a you know political point of view. So even the stuff. No, you no, were no, 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 no. It, it was during during the political <laughs> highlights. The U.S. Yeah. and the U.S. people are, uh, yeah, involved with energy. The rest of the year, they don't care. They care about mm-hmm. their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. But w- during elections, people in the U.S. even care about: Do we want to become green? No, of course we don't. We're Americans. Come on, fuck off. <laughs> but that topic, as I say, it, it triggered something in my head um, that day, and I think obviously the way you delivered it, um, you know. Don't believe everything you can see. Everything is opinion sculpted. Um, and you went on to talk about opinion sculpting and, and everything else. So I want to talk to you a bit about opinion sculpting. And uh, obviously, I know that's a, a term that you like, you enjoy throwing it about, and you want to make it bigger and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's a great slogan, but... It is. We're, we're all sculpting people's opinions by the blogs, the videos and everything else that we're putting out there. And it's obviously very, it can be very, very dangerous if you know what you're doing and you want to, not. I'm not going to say force opinions on people, but you can manipulate opinions based on what you're doing. And I think that topic in Milan, obviously it went very, very well back then, and I think that was probably three or four years ago. I can't remember exactly when it was, but um, but as I say, that talk talk was really good. And, um, you know, tell us more about opinion sculpting. You've obviously done it, you know, in a number of different niches, but as I say, the election stuff, you know, was just one that you done, which I thought was pretty cool, um, pretty crazy. But what other niches have you doing this opinion sculpting in? Okay. So the, the main thing is, what is it? Uh, so when when I was uh, yeah probably on the high of my uh, SEO knowledge, I thought, what can I do with all this knowledge? How can I apply it to something that really has an impact instead of just selling a, a couple of uh, insurances or something like that? Like that. And uh, so I moved on from uh, uh, yeah regular SEO to app store optimization to uh, uh, reputation management and from reputation management the iteration of that is not helping somebody's reputation but helping some opinionating information rank well instead of making my own website rank well i just resequence what's already out there not doing it with new fake news but, but resequencing what's already out there and doing it on a large scale so i started working for a couple of guys that had 20 million euros available uh, for a four-year time period to start investing in link value. And it was link value, mainly in the old-fashioned way that you do reputation management, where you say, okay, I have this CNN article and I have this other CNN article, and I want this to outrank the other. And to switch them, you give the other one more link value from external sources. So external sources, resequence stuff, and even either switch within the same website or they resequence what's out there and they drop something something negative or not in your yeah tone of voice <laughs> so how to so i've i figured out with this 20 million there's probably more money to be made in opinions than there ever was in commerce 
So I did this, for instance, in making sure the Netherlands got a lot of windmills on, at sea. Before that, everybody was saying, no, I don't want that. It's horizon pollution or I, uh, I don't want that in my backyard. It's, uh, um, is, is there radi radiation from it? Does it make noise? It doesn't look nice. Why would we want windmills? So there was a lobby more against it than for it. And I made sure all the negative stuff, stuff ended down and the positive ones where we said, yeah, we want to become greener as a country. And uh, you, as a reader of this article, uh, what, need to contribute and um, yeah, join forces with us. <laughs> so we made that first for uh, all researchers that were uh, then reporting about the, uh, the negative effects and the positive effects. For instance, we have them in the Netherlands, we have them uh, all at sea. We have these windmill parks at sea and it does change fishery. It just, just uh, does change the, the crabs and the, uh, yeah, and all these other animals, the shrimp that, that live there. Is it negative or positive? We didn't know. We just made the positive ones end up higher. Yeah. So we, anybody doing the work after that, so for instance, journalists wanting to find sources on that were already influenced by us influencing the researchers. And we yeah. started out with the researchers, then the journalists, then all the reports and all the other information that newly arrived, resequenced those as well. And then when the political yeah, lobby uh, was active, so the real actual lobby was active, they were already late. Then we only had to do minute steps and reducing you know, so all the, all the news coverage about it. And then we chose for a new windmill park uh, in the Netherlands. And, I did that for nuclear energy in many countries. I did it for weapons in many countries. I did it for uh, wildlife sanctuaries uh, near Alaska. I did it for almost everything from the National Rifle Association to the animal rights lobby and anything in between. So the good thing is everybody needs it. And what you do is you make sure that people think they've uncovered something, really put in the effort to find something and they've, they've now have the proof that it that what they've already been faking has been the truth, and you can do that just by resequencing search results. <laughs> so what's already out there just needs to be resequenced. So one of my wishes before I start an agency is uh, to uh, shake hands with Putin for once because he was one of the guys that uh, yeah was was heavily involved in one of the energy companies that I helped. Uh, resequence uh, for, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it didn't happen uh, just in the last time before I, I started my agency and I stopped all these yeah, sort of black hat things where yeah, I was constantly thinking, why am I doing this? Is, am I doing anything good for the world or bad for the world? It's so powerful. Whoever you execute this for makes it a danger or at least a risk. And my, uh, yeah, how do you call it? Uh, uh, where, where you have ethics, correct? Eth yeah, ethics or moral compass. Yeah, my moral compass was totally broken. It was turning around circles, and I was like, okay, what's north? Oh, I'll throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was going to be my next But question. that's why I stopped. But I'm going to continue in the future. I'm going to retake this step and do opinion sculpting, but because nobody filled the gap. Yeah. I'm probably still the number one opinion sculptor in the world. Why I haven't been doing it for 
seven to eight years. Yeah. Um, now, anyone who was to fill that gap, you know, I think you will have people, as I think you mentioned before, you know, uh, there's guys out there who listen to, for example, the John Bukaki story, and there'll be guys who go away to the medical journal and say, oh, this was a fake guy, and, you know, take this link away and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I've also been subject of that when I've, I've been at different conferences and maybe spoke about stuff that was controversial or, you know, whatever, not morally right or whatever. And, you know, you've always got that element of people saying, ah, you, you're, you're this or you're that or you're the devil. Um, <clears throat> is this game only for people with no moral compass? What you know, What's your opinion on that? Because, you know, we all know that, certain things that you maybe shouldn't do or say or, or you know implement into your strategy but why wouldn't you you know we're all here at the end of the day why would you let someone else take that is that that's as far as i'm concerned i have no moral compass i'll do whatever it takes to um put food on the table and uh and you know life's a big game and you know i don't take life too seriously you know if someone else done it and you know, told a porky pie or two. I find that sort of stuff funny. Other people are like, that's not right. You know, this is dangerous. What's your opinions on that? You know, I know you don't really have a moral compass yourself, but um... <laughs> I just want to see, does it still work? And it's not the money. So the bread on the table is not that important, but it is too powerful. So I did turn down a lot of jobs. For instance, where I, I cleansed these dirty guys called Shell uh, with these oil pipeline piracies in Nigeria. So there's these uh, pipelines running through Nigeria uh, to the coast, and then the boats pick up the oil and uh, move it to Europe or wherever it's it's refined and, and, and used as fuel. But in Nigeria, Shell had a problem. They were seeing as uh, one of the problems, the cause behind pipeline piracies where uh yeah these these locals local thugs they uh drill the hole in the pipeline uh let all the oil go down into a couple of buckets drove away and still left the pipeline open to run into nature or whatever was left of nature mm -hmm. so i made sure shell wasn't to blame that much this is the only thing i'm allowed because they didn't have me sign any nea or any other uh, thing that uh yeah, made it a problem for me to now sh share this, but I cleansed this. I cleansed this for them, so they weren't to, to blame according to Google or according to search engines. Yeah. Um, but and I think some other guys still work. Mm -hmm. And my problem was I said no to the other guys who appeared a bit thuggy to me. Yeah. And somebody else did. And it, it had, had proven that, yeah, so he didn't risk his life. But these guys were not to mess with. These guys had guns on their pockets and uh, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of power. Let's call mm -hmm. it that. So, it's putting your family in harm's way is different than having no morals or doing everything for the money or doing it just to prove it could be done. And then, okay, who do you then work for? If I work yeah. for Greenpeace, is it worse than working for Shell or is it better? I don't know. Ah, who knows? Who knows? But the methods, <laughs> the methods I use are definitely always dodgy. But it's the weakness of Google. They could, they should have fixed, fixed the leak. That's how I call it. They should have yeah. fixed it. 
And for me, it's showing it still works and mm -hmm. keeping uh, below the radar. So yeah. all of the stuff I do is very hard to reverse engineer. 90% mm -hmm. of the effort goes into hiding my tracks. Yeah. 10% yeah. into having the, the right effect. It's a smart way of doing it, though. You need to avoid leaving footprints um, to, to, to get caught out. But going on to some of the other stories now, obviously I don't want you to share, because everywhere I go, everyone I bump into, you know, Christian out in Iceland or, you know, anywhere in the world I go, and somehow I end up mentioning your name, people are like, oh, there's a story about him, he done this, or he said that, or, you know, he, he once done this, or whatever. There's always, always, always a story. And I think uh, some of the older stories are always the best. Is there any other good black hat, dirty stories that you can share with us that I've also not heard yet because i know we speak a lot offline and uh, you know at conferences and in bars and and stuff like that i've heard some of your stuff but i'm eager for some more material so of course there is the good thing is i still keep a, a bunch of friends next to me that execute whatever i uh, tell them to do so i don't get to do it myself in that much detail at the moment because i run an agency and uh, yeah, I have to get the, keep the people uh, making a living. But that's the only thing where I, uh, I, I don't get around to do it, it all myself. But the same uh, theories behind it apply. So I do a lot of black hat stuff just to see how it works, what does work, what doesn't. But for instance, the bait and switch, that's a, a strategy where you create something that is very linkable and you reuse the link value for something that is very commercial. Mm -hmm. That is a standard technique. I use it all the time. And I would even suggest my regular clients to start saying yes to my suggestions to do so. But uh, yeah, it is. For instance, what do you want to rank for uh, today, uh, Craig? Who are you working for? Um, so let's say, um, so I'm actually doing a test, right? Um, and it's a competition between other SEO guys. And I really want to quickly We've got 60 days to do this. Black hat, whatever you want. And I need to rank. Now, bear in mind, some, there's some rules here. So there's no exact or partial um, match domain. So I've got a website called craigstestwebsite.com. And the job is, for me, Holly Starks, a whole bunch of other people are all going to see who can get the highest ranking for digital marketing Las Vegas within 60 days that is the competition and that is where i need to do some bait and switch okay so one of the key ingredients i always use but the risks none of my clients want to uh uh yeah want to get close to is a bait and switch including a viral mm -hmm. so digital marketing in las vegas if it becomes something else than it uh, already is for instance uh, a new uh, group against digital marketing for uh, casinos, Las Vegas, Las Vegas casinos. So this, mm -hmm. there's this new group and they start protesting. They start not abiding by the rules of uh, Corona. They start doing all this stuff and they call themselves stop digital marketing, Las Vegas casinos, things like that. And yeah. 
if you then, one of your ingredients is the group against it, one of your ingredients is their opposites, that the ones that say, okay, we're the lobby for it, and you yeah. make them fight. All that fighting gets a lot of attention, all that fighting gets a lot of links, but your only thing with your challenge is you have 14 days, or how many days? 60, so two months. Oh, okay. Then, then this is one of the options. But it's everything where you switch whatever you want to rank for into something that yeah, gets you the right ranking, but not the right exact theme, mm -hmm. uh, will work. So what are the examples I will give that, yeah, that abides to the same rules? Amazon wanted to rank for next day delivery, same day delivery, free delivery, and all the f f delivery terminology. And almost nobody knows that the drone delivery was initially a link building uh, hoax. They didn't even want to really start flying with drones. They said, okay, we could, but should we? And we put that out there. So you look at the videos and all the, the stuff that's around it, and you see that, yeah, it's all about delivery, delivery, delivery. And they started ranking for that delivery terminology because of the link value they got with the drone delivery viral. Yeah. You do a viral and you get an instant boost. You get the clicks, you get the uh, links, you get all the signals that you tell people they should attract, but you do it by really having something. So determine a viral, determine something that's at the moment hot. For instance, drones were hot when we were doing the one with uh, with Amazon. Uh, for instance, for the work dildo, I once did a 3D printed dildo hoax. So you 3D printing was hot. Take what is hot and turn it into, so Corona is currently hot. What yeah. can we mix with Corona and the topic that we want to rank for? Mm -hmm. So mm. just put up a, a whiteboard, type in everything related to Corona, find some uh, common yeah, common ground with the, the Las Vegas uh, online marketing terminology that you want to rank for. And you can even do it for Las Vegas and online marketing or separate it and then yeah. combine the link value of both or the attention that both got into one single site afterwards. Yeah. So it is so it is more theoretical, but mm -hmm. the main the, the main ingredient is get, attract the attention, the clicks, the the links and everything with message 1 and reuse it for message 2 where you for instance uh, just want to be with your face on the on the on the picture ranking number 1. And you can even rank number 1 in image search, correct? Yeah. Exactly. All my marketing, Las Vegas. I will make you rank number one. <laughs> so I think what what amazes me, right, is I've just asked you and just put you in the spot live on the show, and this just rolls off your tongue. These crazy ideas just, you know, create COVID ideas and do this and do that. You know, where does that come from? How the hell do you just come up with this stuff? Because I know if I was to say, Peter, you know, I'm I'm selling water bottles now in Scotland. Um, yeah, but it's know, plastic soup. Plastic soup is the problem. You're you're going to come up with another idea or another viral story, um, and that is what blows my brains about guys like you. This stuff just comes natural and it just falls off the tongue without. A second thought about it it's just crazy 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 
Um, which is a good, that, that's obviously a compliment that you're able to just go bang, do this, do that, do that. Um, but what, what, at what part would you do the viral? So say I'm going to do this Las Vegas thing and I'm going to go after the, the COVID thing because we can get some controversy around COVID and, uh, you know, you know, I could go in with some angle, you know, antagonize. Yeah, there is no Las Vegas COVID online marketing conference yet. How yeah. do you educate people about uh, COVID? So it's online marketing. How mm -hmm. do you ed online educate people about COVID? And uh, there's all these experts from around the world, communication experts, online communication yeah. experts that gather around for our new real venue. So create the real venue. What does it cost yeah. to have 100 people in a, ho in a hotel in Vegas? Yeah. We don't love to come. If you really create the venue, I will mm -hmm. come for free. Yeah. Um, but that is something just created. <laughs> Terminology is in there. The, the, the first online marketing COVID expertise thing will get yeah. enough links to at least temporarily outrank everything else until COVID is downplayed and yeah, the regular online marketing guys uh, rank again. So online marketing Las Vegas can be a venue. So COVID Online Marketing Las Vegas will be the venue name. And yeah. it links the both both of them together. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, obviously, I can't do that because it's obviously hard to get to fucking Las Vegas right now from where I am. And I'd love to do an event and, and you know, go out there and actually put that into practice for, a, for just for fun. But obviously, restrictions are applied. We're actually um, in the UK pretty much back on full lockdown, pubs are closed, everything's closed, um, and I think it's, it's going to get worse, but I do like the idea and suggestions, and I think the bait, as you say, the bait and switch. And the, great, the great time that's that's now arising is that all these guys that go bankrupt, yeah. what happens with their domains? Yeah, so you're sitting there. There's all, these link, there's all this link value just waiting to be picked up by me. All these British pubs, and I'm gonna rank number one for pub from now on. <laughs> um, I'm be, being number one for beer. On that, on the the expired domain stuff, do you drop catch stuff yourself? How do you go well, about? The, the, the problem is the main signal for Google to pick up on for reset reset signals is what's been happening in the meantime. So something that's not maintained well maintained so for instance has a copyright of 2017 can still yeah. be bought and re yeah so you, you you can can improve it again and get it back to life so yeah it just needs, needs to be polished a bit and needs some attention but you get it back to its original ranking or to its original link value and then redirect it yeah so do but you... if it's really been in a domain auction, things like that, Google can easily pick that up and reset the link value. So are you saying if it's in a domain auction, don't buy bother? it before it go before it dies? All yeah. these guys that are going to be bankrupt soon, offer them something right now before they go bankrupt, because yeah. negotiation negotiating with them is probably better than with the. Uh, how do you call it? Uh, somebody insolvency era guys yeah. that that uh, yeah acquired the main afterwards. Yeah, no, it makes sense to do that, and I do like cage domains um, a lot actually. In the um, 
yeah, age demeans. I'm not too fussed in ones that drop. Um, as such, I'm normally um, trying to get a hold of them, looking at lazy affiliates or, or you know, something yep. else. Juicy copyright 2017. You know, just put that in and see. Yeah, there's all these telltale signs which you can even search for in Google. Yeah. Um, I'm not telling you all of them because then you buy them before I can buy them, but. <laughs> um, so, do you, you know, obviously you've come from a background where, you know, you've done stuff a long time ago, you, you now have run agencies, you, you, you know, do you still dabble around in PBNs and all that kind of stuff as well? Do you still have websites there? Yeah, doing that? I maintain them with uh, a couple of, yeah, di uh, co-dinosaurs, so all these dinosaurs that are around. And uh, you, you've been around around for quite some time as well. Well, but uh, yeah, I, I keep a network of friends around me, and we do net we do a lot of testing. And to do that testing, we have all these websites, all these uh, virtual machines, all these fake people. We have all these fake personalities. That, uh, for instance, there's I started out with the casino uh, casino uh, conferences, and they taught me that there's all these tools around that you can uh, just switch. A personality and it gives you a new IP, a new Google account, a new everything, but it keeps the main maintains the same personality and you don't get, uh, uh, yeah, uh, how do you call it when you when you don't know uh, who you are anymore? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the name for that again? Okay. I can't even remember the name, but there's the tools for that now, so yeah. I can be 10 people or 100 or 1000 persons without not knowing uh, who I am again and what combines with what, all the passwords are in, in combined with that account. So I am that virtual machine at that point. So yeah. when I am that virtual machine, I have this all lying around. I can use those virtual machines to try to figure out how does this change in the algorithm work? So yeah. one thing I tried recently and I'm still, it's so we're still running that test at the moment. So I don't have real proof that it, works at scale, but making my competitor uh, in the, uh, do you know the Crux, a Chrome user experience report? Yeah. yeah. So I make their Chrome user experience data worse by giving them slow visitors. Mm -hmm. But I'm giving them fake slow visitors. Yeah. So I'm giving them a lot of new visits upon what they already had. And those, the loading speeds and the rendering times are very slow. And then Google says, you are slow. So they got all these in their search console. So I tried it on my own websites as well. I got all these red lights where it said, okay, you are one of the slowest guys out there. <laughs> so I now trying it on a couple of competitors just to see how does it work? Or does it really work? Can you do it at scale? And yes, it seems so. And but, when you see- But PBNs as well, and you still use PBNs. But if, <laughs> if I know that they've become dirty, they're yeah, they're still valuable to me. Everything that shouldn't work is also valuable because you can turn it on your competitor. Yeah, well, that's it. Get, you know, burn it out, make sure that PBN goes toxic and then do a 301 redirect to the guy you don't like. Uh, <laughs> I like your thinking behind that. Um, now, over the years, and I've asked, I've asked uh, a lot of the Black Hat people on, on the, the podcast, um, this same, very same question. What is the dirtiest, most horrible thing 
either you've done to someone's website or seen one of your colleagues do to someone's website that has just like I'll give you an example. Holly Holly Starks. <laughs> um I love Holly Starks by the way. And she used to or maybe still does, I'm not sure, upload onto someone's GMB listing. Yeah, the uh, black on black image. Yeah. So it would be some like dildo or some shit like that. And then that would get reported for porn or whatever, and boom, the GMB comes down. Um, what is the dirtiest thing you've ever seen? And it may or may not work now, but what is the, the thing that either did work and it was just savage as hell? So, so much still works. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. It all still works. But you need some, some more skill to it and you need some more uh, finesse in how much of this and how much of that do you need to really get it uh, to move. But uh, yeah, the dirtiest stuff that I've been, so that's, that's probably, okay, I wasn't expecting this, but I, I'm not going to out the dirtiest one, sorry, because that's, that was unethical. So the guy that uh, lost his million dollar company or million plus dollar company uh, in, in, a, in a week, probably doesn't want me to uh, know who did it because he still he still lives and uh, mm -hmm. he, he might uh, yeah be very mad when he finds out who did it okay but cool. the main thing here is what what is the dirtiest trick no it's, it's just getting people removed from google but so much people make so much money from google that that's the real problem they've become yeah. too dependent on google i've gotten all uh, uh facebook accounts removed but that's still too easy it's it's like is it dirty no it's it's regular business sort of <laughs> no, my, my problem my problem is what what is dirty it, the real dirty it, stuff it, you know what's dirty like I, obviously i don't want you to say um you know we've done this and this guy get put out of business because <laughs> i think that's a step too okay, far okay. I'm, Just, I'm okay the, the, the thing that went too far is a guy that did a lot of things wrong, but he wasn't a pedophile, got out of it as a pedophile and couldn't live anywhere anymore, but I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. But we made sure it outranked everything. His claimed pedophilia was outed on the internet and it could never be removed. Oh man, that's pretty bad. But he pissed <laughs> off somebody. So the pissing off was the problem and not the, the alleged uh, <laughs> sexual uh, preferences. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> but it's so I easy. It. I love the internet it. makes everything so easy. It makes you feel powerful, and you become an evil puppet master. And uh, then you figure figure out what can I do with this evil puppet mastery? Uh, can I be do something good with it? And hopefully, yeah. I'll find something that I can do that makes the world a better place instead of something worse. Because I'm yeah. sort of. Uh, done with the dirty stuff for dirty people no i want to do it for good people yeah no it's always always good to learn and then try and use it in a positive manner oh man i just can't believe the last one you just said but the, the, the pedophile one that's so, uh, so i was i was at a conference this guy had a real problem with uh yeah with his with an ex-business partner and he wanted to really uh yeah take revenge and we, as a group of uh, conference speakers, you weren't there that time, but you, you, you might as well could have been. We were hanging in a bar, 
bragging and what could be done. And we told him exactly word by word what to do. And we didn't figure he was going to do it, but he did. Oh, it was my problem. Probably uh, it's it's the problem. You get too much knowledge in all these conferences and there's no conferences anymore. Yeah, that is a killer. Where am I going to leave all that knowledge? Yeah. I, I cannot share it with anybody anymore. And where can I get my new stories in? Yeah, we need some more. We need to create more stories. That's the the annoying thing about 2020 was we we weren't able to go to. Uh, I think actually I came out to your place in January um, for the the small event you had, um, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, I think that was probably. I've done one other event in Poland um, in July. That was it for this year, which is terrible for me. I'm normally at. 10, 15, maybe even 20 at a push, different conferences between speaking and just going over and, and hanging out with people at bars. So hopefully we can do a lot more of that in uh, next year because there's a lot of value, obviously, and fun times that, that we have shared at Brighton. Um, you know, that you've been to... Were you at the last Brighton? Uh, when, the when online that? one. There was an nah. online one. Yeah, the, the online one, it's not the same. I think hanging around in the bars is uh, until, you know, 2 a.m., people are loosening up, getting drunk, telling the telling the good stories um, as, as we are. My knowledge has certainly improved <laughs> a lot over the years. Um, been sat at a lot of bars, um, try, trying to drink my drink slowly so that I can take in as much of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's definitely a problem. Um, I only remember like ten uh, percent, but still enough. I get all the value from hanging at the bar, the bar hops, and things like that. And yeah, yeah. For Craig and me, if you guys uh, at, see us at a conference by the first round, you're more than willing to stay and share some stories of your. If they're worth it, we're, we'll just start sharing ourselves. Yeah, um, and also if you're not worth it. Be prepared. <laughs> Be prepared to get thrown out of the bar. And that, that, yeah, we that, did that last time. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <coughs> um, that that made me laugh that time. Um, <laughs> um, you with your you had a that, so here's a story about Peter, right? Um, so he's been in this industry for 24 years. Um, and fair play, he's done a lot of successful stuff, made a lot of money, done a lot of different things. But Peter comes to Brighton. And he's got this iPad that he's carrying around with him. And he's got like four or five people that he wants to be introduced to or four or five different pieces of stuff that he wants to talk to people about because maybe he wants to sharpen up on something. So we, we all meet at the bar and, uh, <laughs> and uh, there's like 10 of us sat around the bar and uh, people are like, yeah, I'm the, the you know, link building guy. I'm the agency owner guy i'm this and that and that so there's various other people and a guy said to peter i'm a technical guy <laughs> so peter looks at his thing and uh, he must have had a technical question so this is my version of the story peter oh, you I, can... I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna yeah um, change so, a bit you know, so peter looks and he maybe has a technical question he says to the guy hey man like i've got something i want to talk to you about blah 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 um and the guy must have gave some shitty answer back and uh, Peter said, "Like, who is this guy?" And the guy went, and he, he went. Peter said, "What is it you do again?" And he said, "Technical SEO." And Peter stood up and said, "This guy's not technical SEO. 
get him out of here. I'm not talking until the guy leaves the table. That's my version of the story. Oh, that's we harsh. Come on. I'm we a nice guy. Sometimes. <laughs> but you can't. No. The point I want to make is do not come up to the table and pretend you're something you're not. Um, that was clearly it. He claimed to have done certain stuff that wasn't true. He kept lying about certain other stuff. And then it combined to, okay, and who are you then? So you're a technical SEO and you're doing this and this. Okay. And how would you, for instance, so it was a very low level basic question where I said, okay, this is a test. If you're bullshitting about this also, then yeah, cut the crap and leave. So that, <laughs> he, he was bullshitting about the last thing and uh, I was saying, oh, yeah, come on. He's not even a technical SEO. Not even a technical SEO. That's the minute nuance I want to make. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, just for anyone watching, just be careful. Don't walk up and start blabbing saying you're this because some, someone like Peter's probably going to say, right, I need some help with this shit. Tell me how I fix this or how I do that. Um, and that's where you instantly get caught out um, and thrown out of the, 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 the circle of trust. If you want to no, call, um, but nah, it's I'm funny to have a good time. But yeah, great. Yeah, but we're always having a good time. Yeah, that's it's always it's always a good laugh and a good time, and I have missed it this year. Um, but one last thing, Peter, before you do go, um, that I want to ask you. Obviously, you hang out at lobbies, and you you know you've got friends in the industry that you look at and, and you know try and learn and, and all that kind of stuff. Where if someone today was trying to learn the type of SEO that we do, whether you call that black hat or money hat or being creative or whatever you want to term it, where would you point someone in the right direction of, you know, is it conferences? Is it somewhere else? Where would you tell someone, where would you tell a young Peter Van de Graaff, yeah, yeah. go here. This is where you're going to learn from. Where do you point them to? Okay, first step is you need expendable, expendable websites. So you need to have something laying around that's still worth something because you've built it up to a certain point, but they they need to be expendable for a lot of testing. So you mm -hmm. need to test yourself. And by sharing the results of your testing and the idiocracy that you do, for instance, Holly Starks uh, having a backpack full of phones. If she shares it at a conference, it's a tradable good. It becomes something they can trade, uh, something they've uncovered, and probably doesn't even know how to commercially exploit it. But at least she she took something by the hands and really figured out how does it work and what's the weakness behind it. And then she has something to share. So have something to share and do it at conferences, do it at yeah whatever. Uh, uh, online venues uh, have have replaced the conferences, but uh, make sure you look up, to, still look up to to people that know more about a topic and meet with them for that topic. Share something about the topic that you're one of the leaders in, the thought leaders in. Yeah, keep sharing. We're all open to everybody. Yeah, no sharing and testing. I think would be the two biggest things I would say to people. Um, don't just believe it because Peter Van de Graaff said it worked, you know, five years ago. Test it for yourself and uh, break it or do it better. And, that, that, you know, that goes for me as well. And, you know, test anything that I say. So, 
Um, but Peter, if anyone does want to reach out to you, talk to you, and maybe invite you for a beer at a conference, where is the best place for these guys to get a hold of you? Oh, come on. I'm, I'm even willing to share my email address, peter at booming.nl. So that's B-O-O-M-I-N-G yep. dot nil. I will put that below when this does go live. Um, but where are we likely to see you speaking next, Peter? Because I've said to you um, for se the, the several years that I've known you, um, you don't speak enough. You go disappearing for six months at a time, obviously yep. getting busy with clients and agency, which... You know, again, with the greatest respect, that's that's you, you've got to do what you've got to do. But I know that you are getting itchy feet to come and tell more stories. So where are we likely to see you next year? Uh, the first one is probably going to be with Craig himself because we're probably putting down uh, a, pr a more private venue and then we're choosing the venues that we do together. And there's going to be at least four next year. Yeah, we need to do more. And you, well, you in particular need to do more because yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Sorry, I, I think you've got amazing I, stories I to tell. <laughs> amazing stories to tell. Plus, they're always fun, uh, and and I think that is a a big thing that's missing from a lot of the SEO talks is the storytelling part as well. It's the way you deliver the story. Um, even the John Bukaki story, I can try and deliver it to people. I miss bits of it out. I might add little bits on. Um, but the delivery from the man himself is is what we all want to see. Um, and yeah, so for anyone listening, get Peter at uh, on on his email address. Reach out to him. Get him on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Um, I'm sure uh, you will learn a hell of a lot from him, as I have done over the years, and also had a good laugh. So. Um, yeah, it's all good. But thank you very much, Peter, for coming on and sharing some of those tips. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for the time. I can't believe it. I it's been an honour. I never in two minutes we've went. This is the longest podcast I've had. Oops. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, listen, it's all good. It's been the quickest ever. Um, but, yeah, no, thank you very much. It has been a pleasure. Yeah, but the problem is now you, you can't, can't get the ranking in YouTube because – People need to uh, watch a certain percentage of the video to make it rank better. Don't worry about that. Don't you worry about that. There's ways around that. Oh, you're that. cutting it into two separate pieces. That's it. That's the trick. Now I understand. No. <laughs> What's the trick to make this video rank? <laughs> I'll tell you in another video. <laughs> Guys, but thank you for watching. <laughs>